Good morning all of our loyal listeners. We hope you are in a good condition right now. Welcome back to the day podcast. Delphine April Jessica podcast. Alright, we are back with more exciting topics than before. You're right, April. We will dive deeper into seeing ourselves. But before that, I think I want to inform our loyal listeners that this podcast will be the last podcast in semester 3 of the school management course. Oh, I can't believe that now we are at the end of our school management lesson. But we should be proud of ourselves. We managed to produce three podcasts in that time period. That sounds amazing. Oh yes, I can't believe that we did it all. For that, in our last podcast, let's give the best for our loyal listeners. Are you ready, guys? Yes, sure, sister. I can't wait to discuss all topics with you all. Alright, now let's take a look at the first topic of leadership competencies. But first of all, I have a question for both of you. In your opinion, what is the definition of an ideal leader? I want to know sister's answer first. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, Sanfrel. For me, the concept of A leader is a person who has the basic virtues of wisdom, sensitive to situations, able to listen and serve the members according to their needs, not according to their wants. Sometimes when people get a high position in a workplace as a leader, usually she or he gets facilitated to carry out his or her duties effectively and properly. However, if we don't realize it, we will fall under facilities. So we tend to always be served. This might have happened to me or anyone. A great leader is whose presence brought a peaceful vibe. She or he is easy to approach. He or she words or her words and decisions are based on a win-win solution. This is how I illustrate the wisdom of a leader. So in my opinion, an ideal leader is also someone who is able to listen enthusiastically to the members what their longings and what their needs. An enthusiastic leader bring a lively and friendly atmosphere where in the workplace. This might be impactful to motivate the team to work. That's a brief description of an ideal leader based on my perspective. Thank you. Wow, that's not a brief description, sister. That's a very clear description. And how about you, JJ? Okay, for me, the ideal leader is a leader who has a good personality, clear vision and mission, can be fair and firm with his or her members, and most importantly, can encourage his or her group to work optimally and successfully. Yeah, maybe that's all. Now it's your turn, April, to share your answer here. Thanks for explaining your answer clearly, JJ. And now let me share my opinion. I think an ideal leader is someone who wants to manage himself before managing others. When the person has understood both his strengths and weaknesses, that person can use them to manage other people as well as possible. He can motivate himself and more importantly, can also motivate others. 
For me, an ideal leader is a person who is balanced in many ways. He knows how to manage himself and also manage others. What a wife, wise and clear elaboration, April. I think after hearing all of your answers, I'd like to know how much you value leadership competencies in yourself. So JJ, you may start it first. Okay, thank you for the time, sister. Okay, for the first topic, namely leadership competencies. Actually, I cannot judge myself whether I can be a good leader for my group or not. Because honestly, I'm a person who cannot give direction to people. But until now, I'm still learning how to be a good leader. Finding out how to be a good and fair leader, learning to make a clear vision and mission, and of course, being prepared mentally and physically when chosen to be leader. Because if we have been chosen to be leader, it means that people believe that we can become good and fair leader. How about you, April? How well do you rate yourself as a leader? Okay, thank you, Jinjing. I will try to analyze myself. So basically, I am a result-oriented person. When I was given the trust to lead a project or to lead a team, from the beginning, I would definitely decide what the outcomes of my project would be like. It really helped me to determine the right steps to realize my goals. And then after determining the results based on mutual agreement and various considerations, I will communicate them with the people I lead. And work, I always try to understand in as much detail as possible the work I'm about to start. When I understand, I can more easily explain it to others. Because I always want maximum results, I have to explain them clearly. Another way to understand what their job is, I can help motivate them and control their progress. I am person who always asks for progress because by knowing the progress I can decide what to do next then if anyone needs help I will do my best to help and if someone has worked well it's my job to control the work to keep it on the same track I have applied my leadership competences and every group assignment during this lecture and it really helped me and my group in achieving the goals we set and I think my average score in analyzing leadership competences and myself is three. I think that's all. Sister, time is yours. Wow, such a great analyze, April. Thank you for sharing it with us. So let me illustrate to you about my leadership competencies. After reflecting for a couple of times, I found that I usually in a team's I scheduled routine meetings in order to meet each other periodically. This meeting is a space for us to share, sharing experiences, feelings, challenges, and gratitude. Because in everyday work, everyone has focus on their responsibilities and tasks that are entrusted. This is essential for me to support the benefit systems and relationships. The most challenging as a leader is when I managing the negative vibes that are less conducive in the work environment. For example, when the client or the customer complained the project that was being unsatisfactory or something. It could happen anytime, whether we are consciously or unconsciously. 
it is affecting our work performance. Another example is when the project is almost close to the deadline but it hasn't been completed. Facing this situation, a great leader should not panic. As much as possible, I usually should think about what needs to be done at first place to help the project to be completed before the time. It's not as easy as it looks, but it takes more practices. Also, another thing, when I perceiving the team's ability to carry out a project, I need to be firm and assertive. It is required for me to realize that people have their limited time and potential, not for my own good, but this is for the sake of achieving maximum result. Wow. It's very excellent competency, sister. I'm glad to hear that sister and JJ are able to analyze the strengths that are included in the competences of being a leader. Yes, sure, April. As a future leaders, we must know these competencies so that we can continue to manage them. That's the point, JJ. Sooner or later, we will become a leader. Alright friends, after discussing uh, leadership competencies earlier, let's move on to a new topic. Anyone know what it is? Um, it looks like we will also analyze ourselves but in a different aspect, right? We will discuss scarcity and abundance mentality here. Okay, the topic requires us to look within ourselves and reflect on it. It might be hard but maybe I will start first. Sure, sister. Time is yours. Okay, thank you for the time. Due to this part, I believe that interdependence and synergy is a team in a team is a key. The key to team progression. Both keys are to support achieving the goals, any goals of the project. To make it clear, Creating an interdependence is when I can trust my team to work on a project. This kind of trustiness creates interconnection between each team. Also, it creates a sense of mutuality in finding new ways to solve problems. I am personally aware of my weaknesses and strengths that are different for each person. This makes me open to opinions since it elevates me into a better self than myself before. So, the development of each individual is different. But what is certain is when each other bears one another. This is to have hope for each other, not to letting anyone be left behind, but waiting and helping each other. For me, a thought challenges is when I feel I was fair but in reality, I am unwilling to accept criticism or input. This is what I call self-contradictory. In this case, I need time to reflect clearly and filter input from other people. That's I can found. Wow, thank you, sister, for answering that question. It's clear that you care and support each other. Now, April, you can share your answer here. Well, uh, basically, I'm a person who respects the existence of other people around me wherever I am. I don't think the existence of other people is a threat to me. I used to be at that stage, 
I was afraid if there were other people who were better for me in a circle. But now, I think not at all. Attending college really changes my life and my mindset as well. I often meet people with different backgrounds, and now it feels like mutual success is far more important than my personal success. There are times when I focus on my own achievement, but I still pay attention to the success of others. I have applied it during group work and also in my daily life. It helped me greatly to achieve the goal of mutual success. I always try to instill the principle that if one person is successful in the circle, other people can also be successful. Even if you have to fail, it's better to fail together. I'm very grateful that I can put myself well when I'm with other people. I can no longer boast of my former self with her scarcity mentality. I think that's all for me. Wow, you are right, April. It will be a matter of pride for ourselves if we can achieve success with other friends, isn't it? Yes, sister, I totally agree with you. Anyway, how about you, Gigi? Okay, for this topic, I reflect on myself. I think I'm a person who cannot, uh, who can work well together, share knowledge if any of my friends need my help, and also based on the assessment of my friends in high school, my friends judge me that I'm a good listener and can provide solutions that can help my friends to make good decision for him or her. Sometimes I also have a strong desire to learn from others. For example, my uh, when my friends make a list to write down the assigned tasks so that they look neat and also I can always remember to do the task. And the word that I always hold on to is that it's okay to take it slow. The important thing is that we believe that we can achieve our dreams. Maybe that's all for me. Wow, that's great, Chichi. I'm glad you have an abundance mentality on YouTube. We need to really apply it in interacting with other people. For example, uh, seeing other people succeed because of our help, it becomes a happiness in itself. That's right. Thank you, April, for highlighting the main point here. I think we should move to the next topic, guys. What is it about, sister? Our topic is about self-defense mechanism, Jay. It's a mechanism that is divided into some parts, right, sister? That's right, April. We have to analyze ourselves at which stage of self-defense. All right, DJ. I got that point. You may start it first, April. Sure. If I may say so, I place uh, myself, I put myself halfway between an intermediate defense mechanism and a healthy one. However, I seem to be learning more toward a healthy self-defense mechanism. Basically, I am a person who doesn't hesitate to admit my mistakes. If I'm wrong, I dare to admit it and apologize. For me, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's just a form of self-awareness of what I've done before. Apologizing can sometimes improve someone's relationships too. Besides, when I face difficulties, I don't just sit back and silent and also blame others. More than that, 
I'm trying to find the best solution to solve the problem together. Occasionally, there may be denial, but not that much because I think it can also cause another conflict. That's all for me. How about you, JJ? Okay, so after analyzing myself, I put myself between the intermediate mechanism and the healthy self-defense mechanism. Because sometimes, I will throw my thoughts away but allow my feelings and emotion to feel anxious without knowing why. This is included in the intermediate mechanism. And for this healthy self-defense mechanism, I'm able to hold my emotion while waiting for the right time to express them or sometimes I don't want to express them. But actually at this time, I'm still trying to change myself to enter into a healthy self-defense mechanism. Maybe that's all for me. Thank you for explaining that, JJ. Sister, now it's your turn to share your res- your self-reflection. Oh, that's a great uh, sharing, JJ and April. For me, as long as I know about myself, my defense mechanism is anticipation, sublimation, and altruism. My anticipation, my anticipation is when dealing with different characters and needs of people in a team. For me, this is essential to develop a flexible attitude. This flexibility helps me in anticipating some miscommunication. Therefore, I need to create a great collaboration in communication. For example, if I found that there is a miscommunication, I would try to be proactive to start the conversation to prevent unnecessary conflict. Or in other cases, I might try to address some ideas to overcome a problem of a project, whether they accept it or not. So, another thing is sublimation. My habit in sublimation is taking some time to produce positive activities. For example, to enhance my reading skill, I rearrange my daily schedule to provide more space for my reading time or to make an evaluation of how my learning style has an impact on my understanding or to create a space for myself to immunize my mental health. This mechanism has an impact on my new ways of thinking. I could also get some new insights to overcome problems that I faced. And the most dominant mechanism is altruism. This compassionate heart makes me to focus to other people. I try so hard to help people in this session. It has quite an impact on my physical and emotional exhaustion. When this awareness arises, I invite others or my best friend to help. That's I can share. Wow, what a clear elaboration, sister. Uh, it's good to know that you are aware of your self-defense mechanism and I also hope our loyal listeners also can analyze their own self-defense mechanism. That's sure, April. Guys, it looks like we are at the end of the podcast. Really? That means that we have to end our conversation immediately. Wait, but before that, I have a question for you guys. What is that? In your opinion, why do these three topics mostly talk about ourselves? I think, of course, it's to be a self-directed learner, April. 
Yes, sister, you are right. Maybe you want to add some points, April? Yes, yeah, sure, sister. Uh, here, self-directed learning requires us to take the initiative to think about every detail of the learning process either without the help of others or with the help of others. Mm, that means we also have to be independent learners, right? Yes, JJ, that's right. I do think so. All right, guys. It looks like this will be the end of our podcast. Yes, April. We have to say goodbye to our loyal listener. Oh, thank you for following our podcast from the first to this third episode. We hope you find something useful for our podcast. Once again, thank you so much and see you next time. Stay healthy and stay happy, everyone. Thank you.